0: Hello and welcome to the Talking Food with BidFood podcast. I'm Joe Anglis, and we're back again talking about the latest food and drink trends for the year. As you will have heard me say in the previous episode, at BidFood we launch our trends for the year annually before Christmas. But since the trends landscape is developing at such a pace in a year like no other, our Insights team have decided to launch an update into three of the most evolving trends, which are careful consumption, wellness my way and global cuisines. For this episode, we'll be focusing on Wellness My Way. This is a trend which has really kicked on over the last year as the pandemic has really focused consumers on taking care of all elements of their well-being. To co-host this episode with me, I'm excited to say that I'm joined by Holly Rogers, who is our senior research and insights executive. Hi Holly, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Joe, I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me on the podcast today.
0: No problem at all. So, Holly, can you share a little bit about what you do here at Bidfood and a bit about the uh, update you've been working on for Trends.
1: Yeah, sure. So I joined Bidfood in January as a senior research and insights executive. Um, So I guess I'm responsible for finding and sharing a wide range of insights and information across the business um, on different market dynamics and consumer behavior, and then running different ad hoc projects as well. Um, So probably a big part of my role, I would say, is about trying to sort of anticipate um, our customers' future needs so that we know how to best support them. Um, A big part of that is the trends. So as you know, each year we launch our big food trends. Um, And as you mentioned earlier, this year has definitely been quite unusual compared to (laughs) um, the norm. Um, And given that we've seen so much change, we've decided to do an update where we look at how, the trends this year have manifested and evolved throughout the year. Um, one of those trends, of course, being Wellness My Way, which is what we're going to talk about today.
0: And who will we talking to today?
1: So today we're joined by Samantha Elliott, who is Bid Foods nutritionist. And then we've also got Wayne Wright, who is from our food development team. Um, and Wayne's going to be sharing his expertise on subjects with an emphasis on the specific areas that he focuses on. So that's education and the care sector.
0: Sounds great. So before we welcome everyone to the podcast, Holly, can you give us a little bit of a background into what the trend Wellness My Way is? And can you share any insight on what you found?
1: Yeah, sure. So Wellness My Way is all about different ways in which people are trying to look after both their physical and mental health. So it's kind of encompassing well-being in general. Um, It's a mega trend that has really been heightened since the pandemic. So we've seen people become much more aware of things like immunity their diet and um, risks of being overweight and what we've seen through recent consumer research is that almost seven in ten people have now said that the pandemic has made them more concerned about their health and well-being what we're seeing as well is that even when people go out despite them seeing going out as a bit more of a treat than they did before over half of people are saying that they still intend to make healthier choices now on menus versus what they did before the pandemic so it's quite clear that people are really focused on trying to live healthier lives Um, and as this trend grows and the emphasis on wellness grows we're seeing various different sub trends emerge and different concepts which is really exciting and interesting and they're shaping the ways in which people behave when they go out of home so it's really important for us to keep up to date with
0: that's great thank you holly it seems like there's loads to cover here with this really broad trend so let's get things started So, joining Holly and I now are both Sam and Wayne. We'll start with Sam. Hi, Sam. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi. It's nice to uh, be invited to do this. Thank you very much, guys.
0: No problem at all. So, before we get started, can you let our audience know a little bit about your role and your experience in the industry?
2: Um, Yeah, sure. So, uh, my role is that I'm the company nutritionist here at Bid Food, um, and I deal with all realms to do with nutrition and also allergen management and this could be based around policy development trends packaging information um, and all of the likes of that Um, and I've been in the industry for the past uh, six seven years Um, and it's definitely been very interesting to see how uh, nutrition for consumers has evolved over that time so um, this podcast is going to be very interesting I think
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Sam. And then for our second guest, Wayne, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, guys. So for anyone that hasn't had the recent Hydration and Nutrition Week episode that you featured on, can you let our audience know a little bit about your role, please, here at BidFood?
3: have been with BidFood now for seven years, and I look after our education and uh, care sector, which is supporting with um, recipes, product development, and menu, menu engineering, So
0: we're gonna start things off with the insight around eating five a day. Holly, what has your insight suggested on this? So
1: we've seen that eating five a day is one of the most common healthy eating behaviors, which isn't really surprising, given that I think a lot of people have probably had that drummed into them since being children. Um, However, I do think it can be easier said than done. So what we saw in some recent consumer research that we conducted back in March, is that around half of UK adults say that they sometimes find it difficult to get enough fruit and veg into their diets. Um, And I think when people are eating out a lot as well, it's something that they find harder, because obviously, they're less in control of what they're putting into their meals. So Sam, how important is it that both adults and children get their five a day from your perspective?
2: Oh, um, I think it's very important. There is a lot of uh, research and evidence to demonstrate the positive impact of having fruit and veg in your diet. Um, And fruit and vegetables are a great source of vitamins and minerals, including folate, vitamin A and C and potassium. And fruit and veg are an excellent source of dietary fiber, which can help to maintain a healthy gut and prevent things like constipation and other digestion problems. Um, and they can also help to reduce your risk of heart disease, stroke and some types of cancers. There are so many benefits. So
0: Wayne, how can caterers get children to eat more of their five a day? And how about for adults
3: too? I think it's like Sam said, we need to educate our children first and our adults for that matter. I think that's where it all starts off. I then think we need to be looking at seasonal fruit and vegetables. So we've got good colours, it's affordable and it's the right vitamin and minerals. We should be looking at working closely with our schools to offer fruit and veg throughout the day. And again, within our care sector, fruit and veg should be offered throughout the day rather than just being at meal times. It's a great snacking option for those residents. We should make meal times more fun. Can we uh, encourage your children by giving stickers out for eating one of their five a day Uh, or make it even a competition to see who eats the most um, fruit and veg throughout their school week? We could start hiding vegetables in our sauces, within our desserts. We're working on the moment some recipes with meatballs and meatloaf to add one of our five a day. And again, come up with recipes that have got five a day in them.
1: Um, Wayne, what about residents in care homes? How does this manifest for them?
3: Again, it's difficult to get all the, the vegetables and uh, fruit into the into the residents within care homes. Um, but it's key for them to have it throughout the day, not just for the, the fibre and the minimals, but for their hydration, um, it's really key we keep our residents hydrated. So with care homes, you find the cost element with a lot of fruit and veg. You know, the prices keep increasing. So we need to look at ways of affordability and, and looking at seasonal products. And again, it's it's their fun time. So make sure we've got plenty of fruit and vegetables available at breakfast, snacking in the morning rather than it being a biscuit all the time. And again, in the afternoon, we're, we're all so quick at giving residents uh, cake and, and sugary But could we look at healthier options of more fruit and vegetable snacking?
0: And I guess there is a real movement of people trying to eat more plant-based alternatives at the moment. Um, Sam, you were saying before the recording that you've tried the 30 plants in seven days challenge. What is this and how was your experience doing it? Uh,
2: Yeah, I did do this. So to to start, the reason why the 30 day challenge has come about And why I did it is because your gut flora needs diversity in the plant-based foods you have to flourish. Um, One of the key studies demonstrated that people who eat at least 30 different plant-based foods a week had more diverse gut microbes than people who ate less than 10. um, And this makes for great gut health. Also, variety is important because different types and colors of fruit and vegetables contain different combinations of important nutrients like fiber and vitamins, which our bodies need to stay healthy. And what counts with this challenge is all of the fruits, veg, whole grains, legumes, so your beans and your pulses, nuts and seeds, herbs, and also spices count. And I did actually find it relatively easy to achieve, but only just, it wasn't like I was hitting 40 um, in a week or anything like that. Uh, I was getting around about 30 to 33. And I achieved it because I'm quite, I'm an avid cook. Uh, I believe in scratch cooking so that I know exactly what goes into my foods. And this allows me to be a lot more creative with my meals. And it also helps that I love all foods as well. So I'm not limited by my taste preferences. Um, But what I would say for tips for achieving it would uh, would be to plan your meals ahead for the week as this will help to avoid repetition of your sides. So um, if you're having potato wedges for one meal, switch it up for another one with sweet potato. Um, Breakfast is also a great win, uh, as you could have the same cereals uh, or porridge, but diversify your toppings. So one day you could have banana, another could be chia seeds, another day you could have uh, sultanas and dried apricots. And the day after you could have frozen mixed berries and also meals such as stir fries, pizzas, fajitas and soups are great foods to be creative with. Uh, maybe not in the most conventional way, but for example, a stir fry, you could have bamboo shoots, water chestnuts, pak choy, bean sprouts, peppers, mushrooms, cabbage, sesame seeds and cashew nuts. And that there already would give you 10 points. Um, also switching up the home favorites like baked beans I've got a great recipe that uses haricot beans tomatoes celery and carrots to make your own version to try and diversify your vegetable content so I think those are all sort of um uh uh, hopefully maybe useful tips for other people to be able to achieve it.
0: Out of curiosity what was your favorite recipe out of all of them in the in the the challenge?
2: Oh um I would actually say it's the baked beans one. I know that baked beans are a bit of a a favourite for UK consumers. uh, And when I came across this recipe, I was quite sceptical about how uh, good it would be. And I did make it up. Uh, You can do it as batch cooking as well. So you don't have to keep on making it every single time you want a side of baked beans. Um, But it was really nice to be able to make your own home style. So you're limiting the amount of salt that you're putting in. You're not adding in that added sugar, and you know you're getting uh, not just haricot beans from from that side portion, but you're getting other vegetables in that meal as well. I think it's a, it's a really good one. I really like it personally.
0: Wayne, from a chef perspective, if if people were considering to do this challenge, is there any ingredients that you would consider as different?
3: Um, yeah, I think you can look at the herbs and spices to add to these flavours. But I think for me, my firm favourite is probably a cauliflower. Because it contains all the vitamins, it's easy to digest, which is key for both the young children and the elderly. It's high in fibre, which ticks the boxes for both both again young and elderly. It's great just just boiled, but again one of the firm favourites is you know cauliflower cheese, which is which is great for the care homes because we can fortify it to add nutrition. Um, it's great just roasted up as well; it carries flavours really well. Um, it's so easy to puree. So if our residents in our care homes have eating difficulties, then it is simple just to puree or maintain all the uh, vitamins. But again, it's great to uh, use a cauliflower as, as a rice or a couscous um, rather than having heavy carbs all the time. But again, it's it's one of those vegetables that we can use all of it. We can use the leaves and the, and the stem, which is high in fibre, to make our slaws and salads with. It's not just about the florets on the cauliflower.
0: It's just so versatile, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Great vegetable. Great. Thanks, Wayne. Um, Next up, we're going to talk about sugar swaps. Welcome back. I'm now going to move the conversation to the growth in sugar swaps in recipes. Holly, why has this trend emerged?
1: Well, the government have recently been proposing new strategies to try and improve the nation's health and diets and reduce obesity. One of the really big focuses at the minute is ending the promotion of high sugar foods. What we've seen from consumer research is that over a third of consumers now, if they're looking for healthy foods, whether they're in a shop or looking on a menu, low sugar content is the most important factor that people are prioritizing. Um, So as a result, sugar swaps are becoming more and more popular and they're used in various different foods. So sugar swaps, just for anyone who's not familiar with them, is when Um, natural or healthier ingredients are swapped into foods as opposed to using a lot of processed sugar. Um, So it's a subtrend that we're seeing growing in this area. And we expect that we'll see more and more of these coming into menus, but particularly in the profit sector. Um, Sam, I wondered if you saw this subtrend increasing as the government continued to pose new strategies to improve our health and which sugar swaps in particular do you think are the most beneficial for health and also easy to do in practice?
2: Yes, I, uh, I do think that this uh, subtrend will keep on increasing the government focus um, on reducing sugar content and improving the nation's health um, will definitely be key factors in this in um, supporting industry to move into that direction. Um, one of the best uh, sugar swap trends I think uh, that I've seen has been around uh, for a while but starting to increase in popularity is the veg-based baked products. So uh, veg do provide a natural sweetness that can um, also mean that you have Uh, less added sugar in the recipe. And it consists in uh, making the bake more moist and spongy. And it also provides fiber, vitamins and minerals, which is an added bonus to it as well. And you also see a trend of relying on the natural sweetness of food um, with the fruit and veg added to it, such as yogurts with no sweeteners or added sugar. The sweetness has come from the milk and fruit and veg puree. So that could be like a uh, mango and carrot topping to it. Um, And they tend to be less sweet, but this allows for the consumer's palate to adjust to being satisfied with less sweet foods, uh, which will only assist in this trend in the future. Um, But I would like to just note that the trend to swapping to honey or the likes of agar syrup, which on the whole is better for you instead of the refined sugars as it's natural, uh, shouldn't be mistaken for thinking it is reducing your added sugar intake. Added sugar is added sugar, regardless of the source that it comes from.
0: That's really interesting. I think a lot of people wouldn't think to that immediately as well. Um, so, for Wayne, what about in the education and care sectors? Is this something we can expect to see in much of in these sectors or if not, why?
3: I think with education, we've been looking at reducing sugar for a while. And we've been working on an exercise of uh, putting fruit and vegetables into desserts to help the, the sugar reduction. Um, but there's a science behind baking, and it can become quite difficult. So, we've got to make sure these cooks are, are well educated in this. Otherwise, some of the desserts just become edi- in, inedible, and the children will be going hungry, which is then for another debate. So, sugar swaps for me within the elderly is, is the opposite. We're looking at putting more um, calories into the diet because a lot of them are going undernourished. So, we look at two different parts of the spectrum within education and healthcare
0: yeah that's very interesting thank you Wayne and next up we'll be talking about the rise of low and no alcohol drinks welcome back again so Holly for the low and no alcohol drinks category why has this seen such a huge amount of growth
1: Well, reducing alcohol consumption is something that we've seen as quite a growing trend. Um, I think previously it's something that we particularly saw among younger consumers. But actually, since the pandemic, it's been really interesting because we've seen that about a fifth of UK adults in general are intending to drink less alcohol compared to what they were before the pandemic. And this is particularly when they're actually going out as opposed to just when they're at home. So people are still going to want to go out as often as they were before. But when they're there, they're going to want different types of
0: drinks. So, Sam, do you see this as a trend that will continue to grow?
2: Yes, uh, I definitely think it will. I think intention and actions are two very different things. And I think there are some consumers that are desperate for the return of pubs and beer on tap. But there is such a greater awareness of the impact of alcohol on your health, not just your physical, but also your mental health. And there is also the concept of empty calories when it comes to alcohol, where you're gaining nothing beneficial from the drink, but only the calories within. Um, But you do have to be careful of the choices of non-alcoholic options that are perceived to be healthier for this reason, but could contain a lot of added sugar. But innovation in non-alcoholic drinks means that there are so many great alternatives nowadays that you don't feel like you're missing out when you're with a group of people. And so I do think it's here to stay.
1: Sam, do you think it is the younger generation in particular that are driving this trend? And do you know why?
2: Yes, um, I think you're right. It is being driven by younger consumers, There is a tendency of younger generations being more concerned about their health, and this provides a level of control that younger drinkers find important. There's even been some research indicating that this is in part to their exposure on social media and that their lives are more in the public than before. And also, older adults, there tends to be more of a habitual process of drinking. So, having a glass at the end of the long working day that the younger generations don't have to try and break themselves out of. And in general, younger consumers are being brought up to be that bit more health conscious as well.
0: That's really interesting. Thank you, Sam. The next sub-trend of Wellness My Way that we'll be talking about is to do with life-stage targeting and optimising yourself. Holly, what do we mean by this and how is this shaping consumer eating habits?
2: So life-stage
1: targeting firstly is a new sub-trend that we've recently seen emerge within Wellness My Way. And it's all about, like it sort of says on the tin, targeting different stages of people's lives So for example, we've seen a rise in functional probiotic drinks that are specifically aimed at improving children's gut health, or there's other functional foods and drinks that are for older consumers. There's a lot of products at the minute that are targeted at people going through the menopause or different stages of their lives. Um, And optimizing yourself is all about looking at different ingredients and food products that benefit you in different ways. So for example, some ingredients are really good and they have beauty advantages um, or they might improve the health of your hair or your teeth or things like that. Wayne, do you have any ideas for operators or caterers in terms of how they can embrace this trend or any good recipes or ingredients that stand out to you?
3: I mean, for me, it's just, you know, doing your research and looking at the trends that are coming through and to make sure you've got the right ingredients for your customer, customer base. I mean, in my world, it's all about cost sector. And, and as, as much as we like all these probiotic drinks coming through it's the cost of them so we've got to look at affordability and what support with bid food can offer them to find the right solutions is it ingredients that we need to find or is it the finished article so you know with children uh, as a young age these drinks are great but we just got to think about the flavor profile and make sure it's not too strong you see a lot of ginger and turmeric in these in these probiotic drinks which is not Not always a great flavor with the young, but then when we come to the secondary, they're looking at more spicier flavors. And then into the adults where we're looking at an all-round flavor. And then with the elderly, we're looking at even stronger flavors. So there's a good mix of ingredients and products we need to be looking at. And again, look at the low sugar options.
0: Absolutely. And then Sam, uh, Holly spoke about a minute ago about um, the health benefits of food also helping things like your skin or your hair, etc. But which foods or ingredients do you see becoming more popular for these reasons?
2: I think it's going to be more diverse to be honest. Um, not one ingredient is going to become the champion of functional foods. Uh, consumers are shifting to more personalized nutrition and tailoring the diet to what they need for their own unique health and well-being. Saying this, I do believe that any foods and nutrients associated with immunity support is going to be of great interest for all generations, um, especially because of this past year. So this could be vitamin and mineral supplements containing specified levels of vitamins such as B6, B12, C, and then folate, copper and zinc in their formulation that can make an on-pack claim saying it contributes to the normal functioning of the immune system. And then also ingredients such as botanicals like ginger and turmeric, uh, which Wayne has already mentioned or ingredients such as probiotics and protein, which can indicate to the consumer that they can support them uh, with a healthy immune system and keep them fit and strong. Um, But I think, it's something that is all for all generations but it's about tailoring it to each stage of your life um, and how you apply those foods and those ingredients so like wayne mentioned um, it's very important to get the taste profile right right for these foods
0: absolutely thank you all Um, next up we'll be talking about the final subject on this trend which is what the future holds For our final discussion on the Wellness My Way trend, we'll talk about what the future holds. Starting with you, Sam, although some of the concepts we see surrounding wellness tend to be pretty niche, how do you see this trend evolving in the future and manifesting when people eat out of home?
2: I think it definitely will evolve, uh, especially because younger generations are being brought up to be more health conscious consumers than their parents. Innovation in the food industry is rich in opportunities, and this will flow onto the menus and the food options in the out of home. And I've said a few times in this talk, but the realm of the relationship between gut bacteria and health research has only really just started to scratch the surface. Anything relating to this, I think will evolve as the positive benefits of having a healthy gut flora is not just one thing. It could assist in general healthy lifestyles, your mood, mental health and there is a lot to explore between the link of your gut health and food intolerances and in general health conscious consumers want more from their foods that they consume they want their everyday foods to be fortified with protein and fiber and for it to also have fewer negatives like your added sugar and saturated fats and this is always going to be a challenge though uh, for the industry food industry as the consumers still want a delicious taste profile and value for money so it definitely will be a balance for the food industry to try and navigate over the coming years that's really interesting and do you think there are any other sub
1: trends that you think will grow and stay for example people drinking less alcohol and people looking for sugar swaps and things like that
2: I think another subtrend might be uh, foods related to brain health um, and your uh, cognitive function. So whether that's probiotics again, um, which has shown uh, that digestive health and your microbiome play a very important role in your mental well-being, aging well, mood and stress prevention. Um, and then also your healthy fats such as omega-3, um, which is linked to cognitive function, I think, Any ingredients um, and nutrients related to that, I think, will also be uh, of key focus as well.
0: And Wayne, how do you see this trend developing for operators in terms of what they do with their menus and their offering going forward?
3: Yeah, I think it's just going to grow. Um, Our consumers will demand more, more healthy choices, more awareness on menus. I think they're going to ask for more and more variety of plant-based products. They want to see the Juice, sugar options on menus, and what are the more indulgent. Um, a thing I'm seeing a lot more of is, is non fried products. Are they fried, pre fried? And again, we're asking for a lot more support with recipes that don't contain fats and less saturated fats. So, again, can we start looking at the avocado oils and the coconut oils as an option on salad bars rather than it being an olive oil or saturated fat oil? And I, I think a smaller dessert is, is going, we're going to see more of on menus. Um, but I'd like to see a lot more wholemeal. Wholemeal could be used in a lot more sponges and bacon than it is on the menus at the moment. It's predominantly just a white flour, but I think a lot more wholemeal could be introduced.
0: That's brilliant. So just before I wrap things up there, I just want to say a big thank you, Wayne, for joining us today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Great. And thank you, Sam, for joining us as well.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. It's been really enjoyable.
0: No problem at all. So I also do need to say a big thank you to my wonderful co-host Holly Rogers for doing so well in her first time as a co-host on the podcast. So thank you Holly.
1: That's all right Joe. thanks for having me. It's definitely been a really interesting topic to talk about and good to hear things from Sam and Wayne's perspective as
0: well. No problem at all, yes I totally agree with that but so if you're looking for more information on what we've discussed today you'll be able to find our 2021 trends page on our website bidfood.co.uk or alternatively we also have another episode from early on the year on the subject which is definitely worth a listen next up in the series we'll be talking about our final trends deep dive which is on careful consumption for this episode i'll be joined by the founder of bartlett mitchell wendy bartlett and Catherine Ekandeo from our category team at Bidfood. but until next time goodbye